or should I say, ho, 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 we are back, everyone, with our latest edition of uh, Beauty and the Geese, where we are watching movies, so you don't have to. Uh, we're going to dive into a Christmas horror story shortly, but first, our uh, usual introduction, I am the Geese, along that with the beauty. Yeah, I'll be I'll be the beauty if you be the degeist in this equation. Deal. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Works out so well. Um yeah, yeah. We're gonna dive into the movie shortly, but uh how's life been, beauty? Anything fun? Any uh, uh <laughs> anything going on in the real world? Um, not really. We played some got together with some friends again this past weekend, played some games. Uh, played Star Trek Ascendancy, almost got the uh, Federation to a backstabbing betrayal of a win, but didn't quite have the resources to get there in time. It's a, it's a board game, right? I think I've heard of that one. Yes, it is a board game. It's a lot of fun. Who ended up winning? Uh, Ryan's wife, Nikki, ended up winning. So uh, Was she... it uh, like Romulans or Klingons or who? Klingons. Oh, yeah. Klingons won through the culture war, though, so that's the unusual part about it. <laughs> I would never have guessed. Right? Uh, that wouldn't seem to be, uh, I guess, consistent with the portrayal of the Klingons in the in the shows or anything like that, so. Correct. <laughs> Anything else going on? Any uh, paintings? No, I haven't, haven't done any painting really this, this last week. Um, I don't know. I've just kind of been trying to get stuck, some stuff organized so I can get my printer set up and, and uh, start on this next few several projects that I've got that I want to use the printer for. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, just trying to make room for that and, and get a good space cleared out to not uh, damage my lungs with resin and uh, do lots of other fun garbage. So what about you? You got to, had some comedy shows this past weekend. Got anything upcoming? Yeah, a couple in uh, did Grand Rapids and Bemidji. Both are great. Audience had a fantastic time, which is goal number one. I made a little money, which is goal number one. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick between the two, I don't know which one I would choose. So they're both goal number one at the moment. And then, uh, yeah, coming up, the, the day this releases, uh, I'll have a show in Hibbing, which is uh, Saturday, December 16th. Hibbing, Minnesota, the do you. So that should be a fun one as well. And then I'm taking at least a couple weeks off because it, it'll be christmas time and my girlfriend's parents are going to be in town so after that won't have any shows at least until january well yeah i mean you got christmas and then you got new year's the week after so and it gets a little 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 rough there people have you know other things going on at times so but you also have to remember too without an audience you don't make money in comedy so and you don't get invited to shows where there is going to be an audience if they don't if they aren't having fun. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, we're building a reputation, and uh, yeah, the audience is is essential. And uh, people just weird; they're all distracted during Christmas. I don't know what the deal is, but they'd rather do other things. So I've learned not to try to book shows. Then, yeah, yeah. One A, entertain the audience. One B, make money. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fine fine line. Yep. Outside of that though, I don't know, not much. I'm a male homemaker making meatballs today. Ah, they I took are, uh, They're in the oven right now. My gal's going to pull them out, so uh, delicious meatballs for dinner. That's the other side of my life is homemaker work. They'll be waiting for you when you get done, huh? Yeah, exciting treat. I have to actually go. I am also a male homemaker. I have to. I got pork chops that are marinating right now that I have to throw in the oven once I get done here. So I too oh, will have yeah, man. a delicious dinner at some point tonight. 
It's a meat-heavy menu on the Beauty and the Geese podcast. As always, we're a pretty meat-heavy podcast, I would say. Meat's back on the menu, boys. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think we're ready to jump into a Christmas horror story from 2015. Actually gets some pretty good reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. They have the critic score. Again, it's only got 23 reviews on it, but still 83%. And then uh, the audience score, they have 500-plus ratings of it at 48%. So, again, um, I tend to lean more towards the audience score than I do the critic score because critics are always looking to be a bunch of bullshit. But uh, I think that the 40... They tend to hate horror movies, too. They tend to hate everything that doesn't um, that that isn't going to be any sort of Oscar. They're looking for every movie they review to be Oscar worthy, and that's just not the case. And yeah, uh, but I, I lean towards more to the audience score. But I think this one was actually uh, rated pretty low. This audience needs to get their heads out of their asses and get it higher than a forty-eight <laughs> percent. It's a it's a 5.8 on IMDb, which that's pretty solid. Like we've talked about a hundred times, like I don't think horror movies get higher than a seven on IMDb. So a 5.8 is is a solid rating if you take that into consideration. That's probably where I would put it at about yeah 5.8 somewhere between five 5.862, something like that yeah. Yeah, so let's let's get into it, man. It's uh, it's one of those kinds, you know. I kind of wish they had done instead of jumping. It's there's like four stories going on simultaneously. I kind of wish they just done them separately. I don't want to get into grapes early because I did enjoy it, but it no, would have made I, it easier for us to break it down if they had done it that way. I guess we could still. <laughs> I, I I certainly I certainly agree with that. I, I thought there was too much going on with not enough tie-ins i mean there there's only one i i well you know i guess there's a couple little tie-in points to everything so but for the most part yeah do you want to do them one at a time because there's audience members who are millions of national and international fans there are essentially four simultaneous simultaneous stories going on they jump back and forth and back and forth which is it's a, a pain to describe and probably to listen to if we go in that order. We we could just go individual stories one at a time. Yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, I can find my notes on it. I pretty, I think I did a pretty good job of separating out all the notes like that. I mean, at least the first sentence of the paragraph of my notes has which which storyline it was. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's start with that one. What's the what's the first one? Well, it's probably the Santa zombie. Yeah, yeah. the 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 movie opens up with yeah the North Pole. Uh, Santa's getting ready to, uh, I guess, um, hitch up the reindeer to a sleigh to go out for to do make his deliveries. Uh, as as you hear, you know, he's kind of but you see him. He's got a gigantic scar across his face. He's got blood all over him, um, you know, and, and as he's uh, he's definitely on edge and as he uh, is ready to, um, I guess, hitch up the reindeers, the, the, the door to the to the barn starts rattling. He turns around, you know, it's like, oh, who's there? And, you know, he's, he's definitely on edge. Um and uh, that's when actually like the, the actual movie goes back to like present day. Which are we going to start? We're going to keep going with Dangerous Dan. Well, uh, you know, I'm sitting here think wondering what the best path forward is. Dangerous Dan, played by William Shatner. Right. It's always that... good to start with Shatner. We can we can go into Shatner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Dangerous Dan's there. He's explaining, you know, kind of, uh, was it Bailey Downs or something like that is the name of the town that they're in. He's there working his double shift for Christmas, getting ready to pour himself a drink. 
starts talking about uh, getting an update on the weather and the the charity drive, charity food drive. Um, that the weatherman Storm and Norman is going to be at, and Shatner's trying to talk to Storm and Norman, and he doesn't get a response, and uh, you kind of see Storm and Norman writing something there, and all of he just holds up a sign in the window to Shatner's DJ booth that says "Fuck Christmas." And Shatner's pro Christmas, as you, as we all know, Shatner's a very jolly fella. Nothing says Christmas like William Shatner. Yeah, make it so. Um, yeah, I guess if we're gonna keep going with that storyline, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is the problem, folks. I mean, we could just pick one. What's what's the least uh, revealing one? Is it the the family going Christmas tree shopping or the kids doing the like the the horror podcast? Um, I mean, I mean, we can keep going with the Santa one. That's nothing. That's nothing big because in. All but right, that, let's keep that, going with the Santa one. That that does kind of yeah that that does kind of spoil the ending of it. So I I would say yeah I I'd say let's go to. Um, I would say let's go to the the rich the rich aunt family. All right, yeah, that's a good that, one as well. That has something to do with that. That has something to do with the horror pot, the 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 video crew, the the news crew as well. Yeah, let's go with that one. All right. So uh, I forget the girl's name. Was it Carmen or something like that? Caprice. It's probably not important. I forget them as well. But it's a family of four: mom and dad. Well, yeah, two Cap- kids. Caprice has lifted her dad's keys. She's stolen her dad's keys and gives them to her friends Molly, Dylan, and Ben. But she is forced to go on a trip to their rich aunt's house. Uh, which is four hours away on Christmas Eve because uh, apparently uh, Dad has not seen Rich Aunt for a long time and and, uh, has some ulterior motives that you find out coming up here. So, yeah, they are stuck going to the Rich Aunt's house. They get there. Uh, There's a weird, creepy guy named Gerhardt that's there. The Rich Aunt... um, doesn't really uh she's not very receptive to uh, the dad's proposal for becoming an investor in his bioflex um, <laughs> sounds like boatflex but they don't really explain it but yeah, yeah he's she's not into it neither nope. is gearhart so they yeah so they well they they go into a separate room so Caprice, their mom, and uh, Duncan, the her little brother, are sitting. You know, are sitting there. Duncan is playing with some Christmas toys, which is there's a Santa there, there's a Krampus there. Uh, Caprice is sitting there with a, you know, looking at a lighter. She pockets the lighter, of course, because she's a kleptomaniac and can't stop herself. Uh, the mom is just like, oh. She's got all this money and doesn't even offer me a drink. So, of course, Mom the Lush pours herself one and uh, you know, starts drinking. Rich aunt and, and, and they dad. Are, they are in a mansion, too. So, yeah, just to give uh, yeah, give to people an idea that the amount of wealth, the uh, the aunt, apparently single old lady aunt owns a huge mansion in the middle of uh, the forest or the middle of nowhere. Yep. So she warns uh, the rich aunt warns Duncan that you know that that the 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 Christmas toys are not really toys they're priceless statues uh after she leaves to go talk to their dad he picks it up he's looking at it again Gerhardt is like oh you shouldn't be playing with that it's not a toy so he just completely just knocks it on the floor to break it anyway <laughs> which upset Gerhardt uh, and then at that point, yeah, the, the mom pours herself a drink. Rich aunt 
tells you know tells the dad and the family that they have to leave immediately. She she sees the the broken statue and is very upset and and tells them they they need to leave immediately. So they do, and they're kind of talking about things on the way home when suddenly uh, they see something flash in front of the car, causing the dad to spin out, and uh, he gets stuck in the ditch because what looked like Krampus ran in front of them. (laughs) It did. It was like a naked white. Half human, half Yeti or something is kind of what it looks like. In the brief split second, you get a view of it. (laughs) Yeah. I I actually had to rewind and look, go back and look at it again because I looked down. I did too. Some notes. It's it's a split second, you know. Yeah, you just hear like this little flash kind of thing. Or you hear this little sound effect that comes in and then they're freaking out and spinning out. And um, so, yeah, they're trying to get unstuck there they can't so they decide they're gonna hike back to uh to town actually i think they're hiking they're hiking back to the aunt to the aunt's house yeah so, and again they're they're on the country or wherever yeah they're walking through this, the woods. Uh, garbage town is yeah they're going through a forest it's covered in snow there's no signs of civilization everywhere it's nighttime it's dark and uh well, yeah. they start. <laughs> Dad like gets gutted by some. Well, you don't even know. It sounds like a trap, right? It almost sounds like a trap, like some sort of chain. Not quite a bear trap, but just something snaps and wires are, are flung across, and he's just bleeding out of his abs all of a sudden or his stomach. Yep, and he's carrying a flare. So when he gets hit, he you know the the flare goes flying. So, of course, mom, you know, mom and Caprice, because I don't even think they had a name for the mom. No. Um, Capri, you know, they, they go to check on the dad. Duncan, the kid, goes to grab the flare, picks up the flare. You just hear again, you hear the same kind of rattling of a chain sound. And Duncan gets uh, pulled off into the woods. And uh, they, you know, so mom and Caprice start running after him, trying to catch up. And they can't do it, so they stop eventually. Trying, to, they're kind of freaking out about it. Uh, they get spooked by Dad showing up, even we, though he's guts bleeding out all over, because um, he has now couldn't get up before, but has now managed to start walking. Uh, so they're concerned about what they think is Krampus uh, chasing <laughs> after them. So they. Uh, Continue to trek through the woods where they come across a church. And, uh, yeah, so they're they're hiding out in the church. They have their little confessional thing where, you know, to, to not be Krampus comes after the wicked. Uh, so to try to cleanse themselves so Krampus won't come after them anymore. Um, they have a little confessional there. The dad admits that his company is a scam. There's nothing there. He was bilking money out of investors to pay for bills to keep his lifestyle up and to keep his wife happy he did it all to make his wife happy because she's apparently too good for him he thinks yeah he thinks she's so hot and yeah high society that she'd leave him without the money and uh who else the daughter is a kleptomaniac the son kills their pets yeah the son the son was the neighborhood pet murderer and I forget what the mom confessed to, but she confessed to something too. I don't remember she did because I was waiting for it too. And like the dad confesses to something, and then the uh, the chains come through the window, like grab him by the neck and yank him out the window, and as Krampus has found them. And this also isn't quite out of nowhere. Like uh, Gerhart, the butler guy at the mansion. Uh, like when the kids were playing with the toys and stuff, he kind of kind of warns them and he about Krampus. Like uh, Duncan breaks a Krampus statue, and Gerhard's just like, you know, Krampus hunts down wicked people, so be careful. He's going to be coming for you. And you know, at the time they think it's nothing, but once all this chaos starts happening, they're like, 
Krampus is coming after us. We have to admit to our whatever our sins are. And apparently it's too late. Because, uh, yeah, Duncan's been captured. Now Dad's drug up by his neck. It's just uh, Mom and Daughter at this point. Caprice and Mom. Yep, yeah, they're hiding and, in the confessional uh, booth while something is searching through the church. Uh, and again, they're trying, you know, they're trying to be as quiet as they can. And the daughter says, oh, something's, you know, something's on my leg. <laughs> hey, look, and it's a tentacle of some sort is crawled underneath the door of the confessional booth and is rubbing up and down her leg. Um, the, you know, the mom says, okay, you know, you just run. You know, when I, when I tell you to run, you run. So mom stomps on it. Turns out to be Krampus's tongue. <laughs> and Caprice takes off running. Mom goes out there. You know, mom, mom, yeah, she never confesses to anything. But uh, something is going on with her, too. She was probably having an affair or some sort of other thing like that. But uh, Oh, certainly. But, uh, yeah, so she stomps, and it turns out to be Krampus' tongue. She goes out. The priest runs away. Mom goes to confront Krampus and just gets annihilated by Krampus immediately. <laughs> yep. And he scoops her up and drags her off. And uh, Caprice hightails it out of there. Gets... She gets back to the aunt's mansion eventually. Yep. Yep. Daughter's just back to aunt's house uh, with Krampus chasing her. She's trying to get into the mansion. Um, eventually she does get into the mansion. Uh, oh, that's right. She stabs, she stabs Krampus. And, In the neck uh, with like a, it was just a stick. Like it looked like a stick. Yeah, yeah, because when, when they pulled up to the house, Gerhardt was out there chainsawing some logs there. She stabs him in the throat with one of those logs and then uses the lighter that she stole to light him on fire, which turned out to be Gerhardt. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, she's, there's gasoline out there. She douses him, lights him. Thank God she's a klepto, you know, or she'd be dead. Yep. And she does get back into the aunt's house. And she's like, how did you know that Gerhardt was Krampus? And she's like, Gerhardt wasn't Krampus. The spirit of Krampus is black that if you, you know, if you get angry, it could take over your body. And she's like, oh, you weren't, you know, you, you weren't, uh, you weren't afraid of Krampus. You know, like she knew that Krampus, something was going on. And she finally gets the aunt to admit, you know, that she knew something was going on. And she turns into Krampus herself and annihilates the old lady yeah fun ending i guess it uh <laughs> krampus just takes over who's ever i forget they have the exact language but full of hate and darkness or ever yep yeah i forget the exact language too but uh and she is pissed that she feels like the aunt sacrificed them to krampus like yeah yeah you know, she she knew that, yeah, that Krampus was out there and that they were not perfect people. So she kicked them out of the house to be, yeah, to to lure out Krampus so they would stay, so Krampus would stay away from her. Yeah, like a, a Krampus bait, basically. A shitty, a shitty dysfunctional family is good old Krampus bait to lure him away from your mansion. Yep. Now I think we should probably go with the news crew because that that's got that's got a lot to do with the with the other. Um, yeah, there's some tie-ins. Let's go to that one. All right. So yes. Uh, so as Caprice hands uh, her boyfriend is Dylan her dad's keys um, as as she's leaving to go to the rich aunt's house, which we already covered. Um, it's Dylan, Molly, and Ben are planning to go into um, the school there. Some sort of, I forget the name of it, something Academy or whatever, Woodford Academy or something like that. Yeah, it's some weird Academy, but unimportant. Because uh, Molly has stolen some police footage of the police investigating a murder that happened their last Christmas. And, um, you know, so they're Molly, Dylan, and Ben are in the car watching that. 
Uh, you see the cops, you know, go through with their flashlight there. Um, they go into this room and uh, see a kid whose name was Connor. Uh, he was crucified up against the wall with nothing holding him there. Neck broken. Uh, and there was something written on the wall. There's some Some part of a Bible passage was written on the wall in blood. And uh, one of the cops, his actual, his name was Scott, Scott the cop. That's what I have in my notes as well. That's why I refer to him every, the rest of the, the rest of the notes. Scott the cop is out in the hallway there. And uh, there, it turns out to be a second victim that falls off of the, uh, the pipes that are hanging up there. And I forget her name. Was it Julie or something like that? Um, I don't remember the early victim names, but it was, it, it, I think it was Ju- Julie or Julia. I think it might've been Julia. Um, I mean, that, that was, that was a pretty good jump scare that actually got me with that jump scare because I mean, it's like, they're watching on the, they're watching footage on an iPad. You see, you know, like the cop was like body cam footage cops looking, you know, one cops in the room, the other one's out in the hall. And he's like, Oh, can you hear that? And all of a sudden, you just see this girl like fall down, hanging right there. And of course, they put in the sound there to make you jump, and everything that comes out of nowhere. But it got me. It got me pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're going to to check out because they can't. They want to ha- do this. They want to do a news report on this, but they obviously can't use the stolen police footage. So they are going to capture their own over Christmas break. And they go to like uh, again, old abandoned. It's a uh, what? A Catholic girls' school is what I collect from various vague evidence throughout this whole section. Well, yeah, it appears to be like an actual school that's still in use. It's just that the section that they were in was was sectioned off from what is active in the school because they had to go. Yeah. They, they record an intro in the main hallway. They hear somebody there, notice that it is the principal. So they quickly unlock one of the doors. The, the, they unlock the door that they need to go down to get into this sub-basement. And, uh, to, you know, to hide from the principal. And they go, uh, want, they go wandering around. Uh, they're searching through the school files. Um, and uh, they go to the room where Connor was found. The sound guy still got his his sound equipment running. The microphones are all running. He hears something in his sound monitors, and like walks out into the hallway, and you just see another you see another girl there standing, and he kind of looks around a little bit, and you know, and turns around. Of course, they cut away. Not, they don't really cut away, but they show far enough to where, from where she was to where he went to that when he turns around to go back into the room there, of course, she's gone. And the uh, the I, I think it's kind of fun of these. They're, they're, each story is a little bit different. Like the first one, very much a, uh, I don't know, monster creature kind of thing. This This one, much more, I don't know, ghost, paranormal stuff. So they do oh, mix yeah. it up pretty well. Yep. So yeah, they're they're doing more. They're filming more footage and getting all of their stuff done. Um, they hear some noises outside. They get kind of freaked out and want to leave, but come back and find that the door has been locked. Uh oh. Yep. So they are now trapped in there. And they they think the principal like knows they were in there and locked them in. They think yep. he's kind of in on. The- in on the whole, well, I don't know what his motive would be, but <laughs> they, they, yeah, they think, them, I guess, make them learn their lesson. They, they think that he's a per, they think he's the one who killed Connor and Julia. Sure. I'm go, course, I'm just running with Julia. I don't know if that's her name or not, but <laughs> let's I'm go with Julia. <laughs> let's go with Julia. Yeah. They, yeah. Of course it's nighttime now it's cold out. They're trapped in this, you know, uh, unlovable section, abandoned section. So, uh, they got to, I don't know, camp overnight, stay there overnight. So they kind of 
bunk down. One guy, what's is it? Dylan, I think, goes to pee. He's got to pee in the middle of the night. Yep. He goes to pee alone, of course, far up the hallway. Um, while he's out there peeing, I think the other guy, Ben, is asleep, and Molly sees has a vision of a. We'll go with Julia. Still, Julia. Uh, uh, no, this, this was this was a different girl. This was the story of the of the fifteen year old girl that they were talking about. Um, oh yeah, that's right. The 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 girl who had the abortion, who was forced to get, have an abortion. That's who it was. And yeah, she. So yeah, her and Ben are kind of talking, um, and she sees the, the her she sees that bloody face behind Ben, and she screams, and and uh, of course that brings that that brings Dylan back to the rest of them where she's convulsing on the floor there nobody kind of nobody really knows what's what's going on with uh with molly at that point yeah she's having a, a seizure basically up and it just kind of stops and passes out and again they can't leave they're stuck in there she passes out um later later she does wake up but she's she's a little weird. She's certainly a little off. You can tell right away. Uh, she wants to show Dylan something in another room. Takes him to another room. Starts stripping. Not all the way. We don't get the full B. Nope. But there's the implication. Like, she's horny, wants to get it on. And that, you kind of just get a cutaway there. You don't see how that ends up. Uh, yeah. Eventually, cause... she goes back to the other, other feller. It go, well, it goes, yeah, it goes back to in when they were in the car, they're kind of talking about how Caprice, the, the girl from the rich family, she's uh, she's kind of easy, but she's also Dylan's girlfriend. And yeah. and they have, you know, they kind of have a kind of, but you can tell also that Ben, the sound guy, uh, he's he's into Molly. And that's the only yes. reason he volunteered for this. But yes, Molly takes. Dylan to the room tries to seduce him. All you see uh, at that scene ends when Dylan says it's not going to happen is the cross. Um, there's there's multiple crosses on on the walls there. You see one of them start shaking on the wall, um, and then yeah, it cuts back to um, Molly waking up Ben the sound guy, and uh, yeah, so they. Uh, they 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 get it on. She apparently <laughs> she she's realized. still horny. Yep, she still wants it. Um, ben Ben's you know he's excited. Like you said, he had a crush on her. He's like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Ben lasts about thirty seconds. Um, <laughs> after he uh, busts some eggnog, Molly kind of goes back to normal. She's not all kind of weird and seductress. Uh, ben, too, post-nut clarity. You know, he's like, hey, we, we better go find Dylan. Ben goes uh, looking around, finds Dylan dead, like stabbed through the face with a cross. And they also, they also, uh, I forget who even has this. That maybe they both see it. Like kind of visions of old atrocities happening at the school. Like this that was young, young that, gal giving birth. Yeah, that that was Molly that had that. Okay, just Molly. And they, uh, they kind of Molly kind of starts to piece together that uh, hey, um, they want me to carry the baby. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, they make it to the room where Dylan is dead. Like you said, from with the cross to the face, uh, the girl appears um, there, and she, yeah, she basically puts Ben up against the wall like Connor was. Uh, he's trapped against the wall in, in a crucified position there, and eventually his neck just snaps. And then the girl walks over to Molly, puts her hand like she's touching a baby there, and then disappears. And that's the end of that story. Yeah, and then Molly just, the doors are unlocked now. Molly kind of whistles, walks out of the, the school. She's, I don't know, carrying a, a ghost baby or something. 
Well, I think she's carrying Ben's baby, but the ghost was there to ensure that she got Ben's baby. Yeah, knocked up. Uh, so now, yeah, now we can go to, since we saw, you know, they do mention also in that footage when they're talking about it that the the policeman who was in the hallway that almost got beamed by the girl that fell down there, he went on stress leave after that. And now we're going to go to his story. Scott the Cop. So as we you just heard, he was uh, freaked out by a dead girl flopping down out of the ceiling right next to him. Uh, him this and his happens. family... Mm-hmm. Yeah, him and his family are going to look for a Christmas tree. So they go back onto private property. Um, just you know, nobody's gonna know. Um, you know, nobody's nobody's gonna know that we're back here cutting down a Christmas tree, anything like that. So they go to do that. They have it's Scott the cop. Um, I don't know the other person's name, so I just called her Mom Lady. <laughs> And William. Let's go with mom lady. And they're, yeah, they're trekking through the forest trying to find a good Christmas tree, which they do. Um, you know, they find a good Christmas tree there. Scott the cop and mom lady are dragging the, the Christmas tree back. William is trailing behind him. He's got some, he's got asthma. He's got an inhaler. He's got some breathing issues. Um, so as as they're, they're walking back, he hears a noise. Um, doesn't really, uh, you know, stops. He doesn't doesn't sound like he says a whole lot or anything like that, but he stops, turns around, walks back towards the noise there. Uh, then all of a sudden you just see all of the crows fly out of the, out of the forest there. And that's when uh, Scott the cop and mom lady notice that William is not behind them. So they, of course, Uh-oh. freak out, go running through the woods, can't, you know, trying to find him. They eventually come out to an opening that has a hollowed out tree. Uh, and as they're, you know, and Scott the cop is looking there, uh, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Here's the noise come out of the, the hollowed out tree, looks in, you know, looks in there. And, uh, and he's kind of reaching inside there. Something grabs his hand and it is William. So he, you know, they're, they're, much less freaked out now. They get everything back. They get the Christmas tree in the back of the truck. Get William and Mom Lady all situated there and head home to put up the Christmas tree. Yeah, everything's happy. They found them. Things are great. They got their tree. What could go wrong, you know? Yep. They get back home, though, and uh, William... Weird... Is an understatement. William's acting pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's shoveling spaghetti into his face. He's like overeating, like uh, ravenously. He's you know not communicating normally. He kind of just stares at things. He doesn't you know. He's confused by everything around him. Uh, he does stab his dad with a fork. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mom, mom lady is like, oh, you know, you slow down, you're eating too fast, and he just doesn't stop. And, and you know, finally, Scott the cop decides he's going to try and slow the kid down from eating. And as he reaches for the plate, yeah, he gets stabbed in the hand with a fork because he was on his second helping of spaghetti already, anyway. <laughs> um, you know, and and she, you know, immediately when you know when he does that, she mom lady yells at him tells him he needs to go to his room right away which he does um and then mom lady's taking a shower again no bees hmm. yeah she's yeah she's she's drying off and uh the kid's just standing there again she yells at him tells him he needs to go to his room he does um and then you hear you, know, you hear Scott the cop and Mom Lady having a conversation. William can hear him from his bed. Um, you know, talk about opening up a Christmas present early, and uh, you know, Scott the cop is definitely trying to put the moves on Mom Lady right here. And oh yeah. He gets shot down. Mom Lady shoots him down, so he decides to go drink beer on the couch instead. 
Which, uh, yeah, so mom lady is sleeping there. You see something, uh, start moving the blankets there. Now she's, uh, now she's getting it on with something. <laughs> and, yeah, there's just a little, I mean, it's, it's clearly a child looking hand reaching out from one of the blankets, uh, caressing her a little creepy. Yeah. But yeah, she wakes up and something runs into the closet. Uh, so at that point, yeah, um, she kind of gets up and looks in her own whatever, doesn't see anything. But Scott, the cop, he's still, he fell asleep on the couch watching TV, drinking beer because mom lady didn't want to get it on with him. Uh, so he wakes up. All of the presents are opened. He goes in, starts yelling at William for opening up the presents. Mom lady comes in, starts trying to be peacemaker in the situation, but he takes off his belt, starts spanking William with the belt. Mom tells him, you know, mom tells him, mom lady tells him he needs to leave. Uh, so he goes to the kitchen and starts drinking whiskey instead of just drinking beer. And uh, that'll solve it. Yeah. And the, the phone, the phone rings. Mom lady picks up the phone. Uh, again, this character doesn't have a name, but the closest thing that I could think of was he looked like he looks like Steve Bannon. So I called him Steve Bannon's clone, talking yeah. about how how uh, you know they, he knows who was out there, and uh, their kid is still missing. But what they took home was a shapeshifter. Mom lady tells him, you know, not to never call again, and hangs up on him. Um, so, yeah, and now, after more flipping back and forth between all the different random storylines going on, the next part of this storyline is uh, Scott the Cop is reviewing the police footage and drinking whiskey. Uh, he goes to check on Will, um, and he's, he's the, you know, he's, he's there. Mom lady is researching the changeling stuff and is talking about how, you know, they're supposed to they look for a family and... <laughs> um, so now she starts to she starts to kind of believe that uh, he's, it shows... she's getting suspicious and like Will's other stuff like Will's asthma's cured now stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There's just lots of little hints that that he's not he's not who he's not really Will. And uh, yeah, and Scott the cop after checking on Will when he's not in bed there goes back to the kitchen and you just see. Something moving on the ceiling behind him. Of course, it's Will. But then they cut away. They go back to mom. Yep. Ma yeah, mom's there. She hears the, the she hears the glass shatter and goes to check on him. Of course, he's he's dead. Uh, this is the second one we've seen, second person we've seen get killed by being, well, he's strangled with his belt, but he's all wrapped up in Christmas lights and his hand has been cut off. <laughs> which does come in kind of significantly because uh now uh mom lady of course freaks out goes hides in the bathroom again where she was just researching the changeling she calls the bannon clone uh he tells her he needs to bring or she needs to bring will back to the grove um but he, she, he can't be suspicious that she knows what's going on because if if he's any sort of suspicious, he won't come back to the grove. And uh, she goes to find Will, finds him. She's carrying a baseball bat now too to protect herself. Uh, she finds him in the living room playing with Scott the cop's severed hand. Oh. <laughs> it looks like he's actually like kind of eating some of it too because he's got like, yeah blood, it's blood all over and everything it's uh, a good she, scene yeah uh will yeah will does try to attack her but she as i put on here in my notes there she goes barry bonds on him she just hits him with an aluminum baseball bat knocks him out throws yeah, yeah it's funny because uh steve bannon like warns her like you know don't look suspicious don't freak him out and of course she She's terrible at not looking suspicious. She grabs a bat, is like confronting him, like just full of fear. And like, hey, Will, uh, should we go for a ride? And you see him just looking at the bat and he 
pounces at her basically and yeah then she goes barry bonds on him and yep. clocks him one <laughs> so the the stealth approach didn't work well she referred nope. to uh like in D D, stealth stealth never or rarely works it always ends up just fighting she uh got a nat 20 i guess on that role yeah, she definitely failed the diplomacy role and <laughs> yeah, and, and for crit, sure and and crit the the strength <laughs> role crit, crit the attack <laughs> ends up yeah ends up just knocking him out and then uh, dragging him Stuff in a sack it, yeah she stuffs the him in a duffel bag throws him in the truck brings him back out to the grove where uh, the Steve Bannon clone confronts her on his snowmobile um she's trying to figure you know she's trying to figure out what what she can do to get will back and uh steve bannon clones like uh, i don't know you know they'll listen to me they fear me they don't he doesn't fear you so she shoots steve bannon clone <laughs> it's a weird scene because yeah and steve bannon goes from kind of you just think well, he's just a helpful voice on the phone before this. To now, he's kind of an asshole, or he's just—he's like, yeah, these goddamn trolls keep escaping, or whatever he calls them. They keep tr- they keep getting out of here, and they they pan to the forest, you know, in the shadows, and there's there are many, many of them, kind of peeking at Mom and and Steve Bannon. Yeah, and she just kind of is like, where's my son? How do I get my son back? He's like, sorry, I don't really know how to do that. I just wanted my changeling, my shapeshifter back. So yeah, then she pops him one. And now the shapeshifter who was looking like her son kind of looks like a, I don't know, not quite a zombie, but zombie-ish, pale, deformed face. It looks like he looked at the... Looks like he looked at the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders of the Lost Ark a little bit. Yeah, melted, gross, deformed face, and she's just like, you know, please, I just want my son back, and he, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to kill her or what, but it kind of just looks at her, and then her son, Will, her real Will, crawls out of the tree. Yep, yep, the troll crawls into the tree, and the real Will comes out of the tree. And I guess, happy ending? But there's no epilogue, you know. You you still have a dead body at home in your apartment. I don't know how you explain this one to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah, there's a, a chain shapeshifters came out of this tree. Especially and, uh, they killed him. Especially when you know her her husband was a cop. Yeah, yeah, was a cop at home on <laughs> PTSD leave or whatever. Now he's dead. Under very odd circumstances. So yeah, good luck with that, Mom. It's not yeah, quite the happy ending it appears to be. And how are you going to explain shooting the Steve Bannon clone? I mean... Well, yeah, even that. Good point. So she's got two dead bodies she's got to deal with. So, yeah. I mean, sure, nobody you know, maybe knows what happened. Well, I mean, it's her, hus- her husband's police-issued weapon that killed Steve Bannon clone. <laughs> And right, and she can't even say, well, whatever. I'm no legal expert, so I'm not going to try to give her legal advice. She's uh, She's got a lot of splaining to do, we'll put it that way. She's up shit creek, and she left her paddle at home. Yes. But that's the end of that story, which... We just have one left, correct? Yep, yep, we just have Santa left. So after, after the opening scene, the only thing is, we get... When we get back to Santa's storyline here, it's uh, all the elves are driving forklifts, making toys, doing everything they need. When uh, Mrs. Claus pauses everybody to uh, bring them Christmas cookies. And of course, elves can't resist Christmas cookies, so they all stop their work. Except for Shiny. Everybody takes cookies except for Shiny. Uh, <laughs> which, he, yeah, he turns into... He, he turns into, like, a, a, a madman. Sta- you know, like, stabs himself. Just, like, chops himself in the hand with an axe. 
Um, and it turns into a whole big, like, the elves turn into the walking dead. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they can talk. So, but they're, yeah, they're basically like zombie elves that can talk and they're pretty vulgar. <laughs> yeah. And they're, you know, they're all little people. <laughs> yep. That's the funniest of the scenes, I guess, because they're a Russian Santa and they're just like, come here, you piece of shit. I'm going to get you, motherfucker. Yeah. But yeah, so Shiny ends up dead. Um, they 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 end up they're they're kind of you know after he cut after he chops himself in the hand he he has, they start, starts convulsing and dies and so they have a little ceremony to that that doesn't show up on camera or whatever but they Santa talks about it because he's talking to Mrs Claus and uh, you know she's like oh I didn't know elves could die and he's like well they really can't but now. His body's gone too. We already laid him to rest. They, the elves are becoming the Walking Dead, and everybody's infected. So, <laughs> um, I wrote down a few of the names of, of the elves, and it, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was shiny, uh, like Jingles. Uh, yeah, shiny and Jingles. Uh, he ends up. He starts talking about. Uh, Elevate, you know, elevator gets on the elevator where four elves start attacking him. He gets he, the elevator doors closed. There's like eight more elves out there trying to get on the elevator. Elevator opens up at its destination. Oh, he does throw, he throws one of them out the window. And that's what he's doing. <laughs> that's what he's getting on the elevator for because he's going down to finish the job of killing that infected el- elf where the four of them show up there. Um, Again, he's got like this weird like staff thing that works on cutting elves in half, cutting their heads off and everything. Uh, yeah, so he, yeah, Santa kicked ass, by the way. He's he's not just like a jolly old Saint Nick. He's more like a uh, he can battle like a Viking warrior, something like that. He's he's two handed decapitating these elves with his uh, yeah weird staff blade thing. Yeah, shout out to to Santa in this movie. It's played by George Booza. Uh, yeah, so one of my favorites. Trying to think, he also played Mean Gene and Meatballs Three. <laughs> I don't remember it, but I don't think I've ever seen Meatballs Three. But it's it's this is one of the last movies that he has done, though. But he's also uh, 1949 was when he was born. So I mean, he would have been when this came out. He would have been what 66. So it's probably sure. definitely uh, um, calling it a career at that point. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did the voice of Beast in the X Men cartoon from 1992 to 1997. So uh, he was. Oh, the sweet cartoon. Yeah, I could see that. He was uh, in the Ewo- Star Wars Ewoks Christmas special. He played Chief Chirpa. He's on the Friday. Is <laughs> on the Friday the Thirteenth series. But yeah, so we can go back to. Um, long and hallowed career. Yeah. Does not say if he's still alive or not, but this was his highest rated film. <laughs> he's alive in our hearts. That's right. But yeah, he looked like uh, David Harbour in Violent Night, the way he was taking out people. Maybe he was taking out these elves. He was a badass. Absolutely. He mows through all of them. It's uh, again, it's tough to describe, but it's it's funny to watch. Like vulgar zombie elves rushing him, and he's just you know full two handed swinging, chopping their limbs off, chopping their heads off, just kicking ass. Stabs and one. He mows yeah. through all of them basically. He eliminates every elf <laughs> at the uh, at the North Pole. Yep. And then, yeah, and that's when he comes across. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he tells Mrs. Claus she needs to hide to, to so she can be safe. Uh, he does eventually find where she's at in the storage room, but she's gonna become infected too. Which uh, no, yep, yep. So he's gotta he's gotta fight. You know, he's gotta he's gotta chop Mrs. Claus's head off. 
And uh, he does come across one last elf there who's, I forget what his name was or whatever, but um, it's it's another another elf there. But the elf like looks like, you know, this is after he fights out, he fights Krampus too. And uh, the elf is like, oh, Norman, what are you? You should go back to that because that's, yeah, there's, there's a scene where after he kills his wife, um. Yeah, they it goes back to uh, how the movie starts with Cramp, uh, the doors rattling in the North Pole. They bust open. It's Krampus, and Santa's like, "We end this now." You know, you're the evil spirit of Christmas. I'm the good spirit of Christmas. They battle back and forth for a bit. He uh, chops a horn off of Krampus, gets him on the ground. You know, ready to deliver the death blow. And Krampus says, don't kill me, Norman. Oh, that's right. It was Krampus, not an elf. That's right. Yeah. Don't kill me, Norman. And Santa is like, kind of, what? Who's Norman? What What are you talking about? And he starts, you know, shaking his head. And they do some, uh, I, what would you call them? They're not flashbacks. It's a mo- Reality it's a, backs. It's a <laughs> reality montage. Check. Yeah, a montage. It's a montage of of Norman causing chaos in the mall. Because again, in some of the cutaway scenes to William Shatner too, the, to Dangerous Dan, I guess it is. Uh, he does mention that there's an, some sort of incident going on at the mall, and, and yeah. don't really say what's going on. But yes, turns out that uh, Storm and Norman, the weatherman, has gone nuts. And uh, has killed a whole bunch of people there and was about to kill what he thought was Krampus as he's being as he's hallucinating himself as Santa Claus. Yeah, he's just a mall. He was like the Santa at the mall that day. Lost it. uh, Takes like a a fire axe out of like, you know, emergency fire thing and just starts hacking all the mall elves to bits and. You know, they they start doing cutaways of what he thought he saw while he was battling zombie elves to him killing, you know, mall employees. (laughs) Yep. And then, yeah, then they show him charge the cops and they just shoot him and... (laughs) Yes, cops shoot him dead. (laughs) Storm and Norman is no more. He's not storming anybody anymore. Yeah. Then we get a nice little uh, summation from drunk William Shatner on the radio or Dangerous Dan. Yep, roll credits. Call it a film. Call it a film. Fun, fun four stories, I thought. This is my kind of thing. I like, I don't know why I like depressing things. My girlfriend would have hated this. I can tell you that, but it's right up my alley. I, I enjoyed the movie. I wish they would have done a better job. Um, I guess the I I thought there was too much going on without any real explanation of what was going on. Yeah, they certainly could have done a better job. I could have done with I don't know one less story, maybe. Well, or even just better tie-ins to everything. Yeah, any, you really got to pay attention to see the tie-ins. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, the like Scott the cop is the cop in the video there. Caprice is the one who stole the keys to give to the news crew there, you know. So, I mean, like, yeah. But overall, excellent film. Uh, I, I would, I would recommend this one. I would, I would say watch it. Two B TV, watch it for free. Yeah, I would too. I liked it. Um, favorite story. I liked. Uh, probably the changeling one was my favorite, maybe from start to finish. That one was just kind of creepy. The kid was really creepy. He did a good job, especially for a kid, you know. And then uh, the the end of the Santa one, I thought was good too. That's of course I did, didn't see that coming. I didn't either, but I yeah, I, I would say probably I think my favorite yeah was the what was the Santa story. Um, but again, like I said, I, that that jump scare moment in, in the beginning of of the news crew story that got me. Like like I jumped from that one. 
Yeah, that was a good one too. It was, it was a good overall one from start to finish. Mostly. If I had to cut one, I'd probably cut the uh, the kids doing their crime scene investigation. Really? I, I would, had to, but I would have cut the rich family out of it. Or that those are the weakest two, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite right. character or anything? Anybody? I know there were there were quite a few. That's the problem when you have this many simultaneous stories is you can't really get to know anybody very well. Um, I I don't know that I really did have a favorite character. No, maybe Krampus. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I was gonna say, there yeah, Santa. <laughs> like the rest of them. Uh, yeah, I can't. Santa did a good job. Krampus did a good job. The kid did a good job. None of the just real people were. I mean, they weren't bad, but they also weren't fantastic. Right, right. They were just there. They weren't Jack Frost. Look at my little snowball babies. Oh, hell no. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so we got Better Watch Out up for next week. You got anything else tonight? Or are we calling it good? Yeah, we can call it. It's in about an hour. All right, yeah, we're an hour and five minutes in. So, yeah, we are calling it a night here. We will be back next week with another fascinating episode of the Beauty and Degeist podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to. Bye-bye, folks.